This week, the Rochester Rundown is brought to you by Ultra Federal Credit Union, a member-owned financial institution with two convenient branches right here in Rochester. Ultra is proud to support local independent journalism on Med City Beat. Today on the Rundown, we'll unpack the four city council town hall debates hosted by Med City Beat this week. With each race down to two candidates, the sprint to the finish is on. And in these local, largely nonpartisan elections, prospective council members must differentiate themselves from their opponents. Where the candidates stand on Rochester's key issues, coming up in a bit. I'm Isaac Janes. It's Friday, October 2nd, 2020. And let's get to the news. The Rochester City Council will look profoundly different come January. Three of the council's seven members, including the council president, will not return to their posts for another term. And if the one incumbent running for re-election is toppled by his challenger, over half of the council will be made up of freshman members. The marquee race of the four on the ballot is, of course, the president's seat, with Randy Staver opting to call it a career after 10 years on the council, seven of those in the president's seat. Either Kathleen Harrington, president of the Chamber of Commerce, or nonprofit consortium leader Brooke Carlson will take Staver's place. When either candidate steps into that council president role, they will be given the opportunity to sit on the Destination Medical Center board or appoint somebody else to the position. While most of the completed projects in DMC's first five years dealt with improving infrastructure and the experience of clinic employees and patients, Carlson expressed excitement over the next phase of the initiative, which she says will have broader effects for all residents. But we have the chance now to really focus on projects such as transportation and others downtown, such as our Discovery Walk and and the work planned along the riverfront that can benefit our residents overall. Harrington added that it was important to look at the successes of DMC, most notably the influx of bioscience firms to the downtown area in places like Discovery Square. However, she cautioned about looking to the initiative to be the end-all, be-all solution to every one of Rochester's problems. Looking ahead, it is really important for DMC to focus on its primary mission, and that is the downtown core and the area that it's been extended to. I think there's been a bit of overreach on some of the issues. I think there's been a little bit of um, mission creep. And so I would recommend that we look and refocus and retool some of the activities. Even before officially joining the council, the winner of this election will join the current council in a search for the next city administrator after Steve Reimer transitions out of the role by the end of this year. Carlson and Harrington put forward unique, but not dueling, priorities for the next administrator. For the former, her priorities center around making sure the city's next administrator is representative of Rochester's residents. So we need somebody who is very very smart in managing the actual administration and budget. But also we want to see a candidate pool that is reflective of the diversity in our community and be able to choose somebody that best reflects what we, where we want to go as a community. With the city in a major period of transition, DMC projects, the pandemic, and a largely changing council lineup all playing roles in that, Harrington said it would be important to find somebody with experience. She also touched on another type of diversity. We need somebody who is comfortable with diversity of ideas. We don't need someone who just accepts Minnesota nice as the norm. We need someone who's com- who wants people who will speak truth to power to him or her. So diversity of ideas, comfort with diversity of people. Now let's shift gears to the ward races. And if you live in an even-numbered ward, you'll have one of these races on your ballot. Michael Wojcik, the third-term Ward 2 council member, finds himself in a very close race with Mark Bransford, a software developer and physics professor. 
Wojcik is perhaps the most polarizing figure in local politics thanks to his style of communication. Supporters call it transparent, but opponents sometimes call it abrasive. And when asked about it, Wojcik tried to walk the line between the two. Yes to um, being, being divisive and not always doing it right myself. I mean, continual improvement is something that I really believe in. And I know that I'm very coarse and very direct in my approach. And that um, is especially tough in Rochester. I do call out uh, things. I do speak truth to power. Bransford, on the other hand, has made a large part of his campaign about bringing civility back to the council. That message has won over quite a few discouraged Ward 2 residents, but has led to some scrutiny on whether the campaign is packing enough substance. Bransford said those criticisms weren't necessarily true, but acknowledged that he's heard them before. Because that has kind of dogged me a little bit, and uh, unfortunately, it's it's not true. I'm not running an anti-anyone campaign. Um, I, I certainly have never made minced any words about leadership style, but yes, I have crafted... Um, if you go to my website, markbransford.com, you'll see a lot of details. The two candidates differed, most notably, on the issue of affordable housing, with Bransford advocating for what he calls balanced growth, prioritizing new single-family homes over new urban development. The current plan we have to just stuff nothing but high-end luxury uh, buildings in the downtown area uh, and cite nimbyism and sprawl and all that is false narrative. We need to have political willpower to bring back the residential market outside of downtown. Wojcik, a supporter of the Berkman apartment project right across from St. Mary's Hospital in his own Ward 2, spoke in favor of building up and not out when it comes to new housing in Rochester. I think it's important to remember that uh, sprawl is not a false narrative. It's a real problem. We, we can barely afford the infrastructure that we have, and we can either choose to utilize it better and be smarter. We have very much a different approach on this. I believe infill development is smart. I believe sustainable density is smart. Affordable housing was a main topic for all the candidates we heard from, and we'll get the opinions of the Ward 4 and 6 candidates on that topic, plus the upcoming parks referendum and the future of downtown in just a second. But first, a word from our sponsor. The Med City Beats Rochester Rundown is sponsored by Altra Federal Credit Union. Whether you are in the market for a home mortgage, car loan, or are simply looking for a trusted brand to manage your money, Altra is here to help. Unlike large, privately owned banks, Altra is a credit union owned by its members, allowing it to reinvest profits in its stakeholders, employees, and the communities in which it operates. Among its key priorities, Promoting financial literacy to local youth through the Altra Foundation. To learn more about how Altra can help you live your best life, visit altra.org. Now let's get back to the council recap and let's move to Ward 4, where Katrina Pullum faces a 20-point deficit to Kelly Ray Kirkpatrick just based on August's primary results. The two candidates are vying to replace Mark Bilderbeck as the council representative for the downtown area, the portion of the city at the center of the $5.6 billion DMC initiative. Pullum says in her conversations, the downtown business owners she's talked to aren't as enamored now with the idea of DMC as they were, say, back in 2015. The original thought of DMC is great for our community. It can do a lot, and it really has brought a lot of funds into our town that weren't here. I think... It's lost, um, I don't know if you want to say it's respect from the community, um, if that's the right word, but a lot of people don't see it as a good thing anymore. And a lot of the businesses downtown struggle with um, just the transparency. Kirkpatrick spoke in the same vein as Pullum, and even Kathleen Harrington, citing the need for more community-oriented projects in the near future when it comes to DMC. Uh, I think DMC excelled at its initial 
um, impact for the first five years. However, I'm not sure that we expected the outcomes that we've gotten. I think um, our community's been a little left behind with such a strong focus on the infrastructure and the hospitality and service industry. So I'm eager to see what their next five-year plan looks like. The largest differentiation between these two candidates came during discussion of the park referendum on the ballot this November, proposing a $2 million tax levy increase to update Rochester's park system. Kirkpatrick spoke in favor of the measure. I support the park referendum because many people have said that they want changes to our parks. Current budgeting does not allow for additional changes or amenities to be added for our parks. Our current budget is simply to maintain what we have. And that's wonderful. In this economic downturn, maybe that's what we should be focusing on. But I believe in giving that vote to the people. Pullum was the only candidate to explicitly come out against the referendum, saying a pandemic is not the time to raise taxes. She also touched on the spending allowances of the park board, noting that once the money's in their hands, it's out of the council's hands entirely. The city council actually only has say in how much money they get. Um, but how the money is spent, they have zero say in that. Um, So that means the people have zero say in how that money is spent. Now, after it's spent, they'll tell you where they spent your money. But it seems backwards to me. This park's discussion continued into the Ward 6 debate with realtor Craig Eugland matching up against paraprofessional Molly Dennis. Dennis spoke in favor of the referendum, but Eugland's answer put him slightly on the fence. He was in favor of the referendum being on the ballot, but would not commit to supporting it personally. I would love to see our parks improved. I've mentioned them before. You know, some of the playground stuff is extremely deteriorated. And again, we need to fix what we have before we start taking on huge new projects. And it's been mentioned while we're getting federal and state funds. But those funds are still our tax dollars. It's not free money. We're still paying for that stuff. Earlier in this debate, a viewer raised a question about a hyper-local ward issue causing headaches for nearly four years now. The bridge on Elton Hills Drive, right near the rec center, sitting with traffic cones and road signs blocking two of the four lanes. The bridge is considered, quote, functionally obsolete by MnDOT and will cost $3.7 million to replace, with funding set to kick in for replacement in 2021. But this bridge has been causing problems for years, so Euglin wondered, why wasn't this problem fixed earlier? That bridge, it's a pretty sad situation. Whether it was purposefully delayed or not, I don't know. Uh, four years to rebuild a bridge when I-35 took 418 days is not acceptable for a city. Dennis, however, was glad the city waited to take on the project, thanks to a $1.14 million infusion of federal funds held by the Rochester Olmsted Council of Governments, or ROCOG, for transit-related projects. Originally, that body's 2020 allotment was supposed to go to 2nd Street reconstruction for those DMC rapid bus lines, but with that project postponed, part of that cash was reallocated to the Elton Hills Bridge project. And because of that saved cost, Dennis said the wait will be worth it. So the response, respectable and uh, responsible use of that taxpayer money is to wait for the federal funds to come in, which they are coming in and it's scheduled to be repaired this next year. So I, I believe it was wonderful that we, uh, the, the leadership on the council right now, waited to repair the funds so that taxpayers of Rochester wouldn't fit the, put the bill. Now, these were just some of the highlights from a huge week of debates. Full videos for all of these city council town halls are available on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash medcitybeat. 
Next week, we'll be hosting the candidates for the Olmstead County Board of Commissioners on Tuesday and the Rochester School Board on Thursday with races for Minnesota State House and Senate following the week after. Make sure to like that page, turn on our live notifications as well to make sure you don't miss a debate. And that's where we're going to end it this week. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, the best way to support us is to become a member, be a part of quality local journalism at medcitybeat.com slash membership. I'm Isaac James with MedCityBeat. Have a great weekend. Stay safe out there, please. And I'll talk to you next Friday.